0: Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Great to have everybody, amen. I'm so glad to be here God is so good. Thank God for the word of God today. And um, you know, I'm gonna uh, teach on healing covenant. And I thank God for the word of God. But before I get into the message, you know, Jesus' ministry was full of healing and miracles. And in both Mark or Matthew chapter 4 at the end of the chapter and Matthew chapter 9 at the end of the chapter, it says he went about teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And it said he healed every kind of sickness and every kind of disease, and he healed everyone. Praise God. In fact, Dr. Lester Sumrall said about Jesus that he was either going to heal someone or coming from healing someone or in the process of healing someone. Praise God. And you cannot do the gospel justice if you don't teach what the gospel says about healing. Healing is a major part of the gospel. And when you look at the cross and what Jesus did on the cross, Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. 1 Peter 2, 24, Isaiah looked forward some six to seven hundred years before Christ to the cross. And Peter looked back on it. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, Peter said, Who his own self bear our sin in his own body uh, on the tree, that we being dead, the sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So Isaiah looked forward to it. Peter looked back on it and said, it's already done. Amen? So Jesus paid for our healing at the same time that He paid for our forgiveness. And really, when you think about you know, healing, it's God's will to heal us as believers just as much as it's God's will to forgive us for our sins. He paid for it at the same time. And in Jesus' time, people questioned His power to forgive sin. And today, religion has turned it around and they question His power to heal the body. But it's His will all the same if you believe the same Bible and if you read the same Bible that I read, God has never changed. In fact, He said this in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. He said, I am the Lord who heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha. In fact, that word, by his stripes, we are healed in 1 Peter or in Isaiah 53, 5. It's the same word, Rapha, I am the Lord your healer. Praise God. It's the same word in Psalm 103 that says He forgives all of our iniquities. How many of our sins does He forgive? All, all of them. And then it says He heals all of our diseases. Praise God. Psalm one hundred three, verse three, and it's God's will to heal every disease, like it's God's will to forgive every sin. But the problem is, it, like I said, in Jesus' day, religion said, "Oh, He could heal people, but you know, who is this that forgives sin?" In Mark chapter two, they brought a man to Jesus, and they dropped him through the roof. And the place was so full of these religious people they couldn't get this man that needed healing in. So they tore a hole in the roof and dropped Him down before Jesus. And Jesus said, you know, He said, Son, cheer up. Your sins are forgiven. He said, Who is this that forgives sins? He, Jesus knew their thoughts. And so He said, What's it harder to say? Your sins are forgiven? Or, you know, be healed. He said, That you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin. I say you, to you sick of the palsy, get up, take up your bed, and go to your house. And He was healed. It's God's will to heal bodies just like it's God's will to forgive sins. And you know, in Jesus' day, they didn't question His his, uh, will to heal people and His power to heal people, but they questioned His will to forgive people. Today, religion has just turned it around. And today, religion doesn't question His power to forgive people. We teach that side of the gospel. But they question God's will to heal people. But His will is the same. It's consistent with His nature. Praise God. So we need to go to the Word of God and we need to take what we believe about divine healing from the Scripture instead of what some religious person said or somebody's experience. There's a lot of times people experience less than what God promised, but it doesn't mean that that's God's will or God's plan. Praise God. So we always believe God for His very best. You know, I was raised in a traditional church. I was raised in a church. We didn't believe God for anything except salvation. That's it. We didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We didn't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We didn't believe in divine healing. We didn't believe in provision, God supernaturally meeting your needs. We didn't, But we did believe in forgiveness. Praise God. Barbara went to a church just like that. Amen. But you know, both of us got saved there. It wasn't all bad. But you know There's more in the Word of God. And I want to preach the Word of God. I want to preach the fullness of the Word of God. Really, the only way that we can build faith in people's lives to get them healed is by teaching them what the Word of God says. Romans 10 verse 17 says, Now then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Or faith comes by declaration and declaration by the mouth of God. And if we don't declare What God says, did you know what? It's going to be hard for us to have faith to receive it. Amen? So we need to declare what God says about Himself so people can receive faith and receive what God promises. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to begin here in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 15. And we're going to talk today about healing is the children's bread. It's a covenant right of believers. If you're a child of God, you have a covenant right to be healed in your body. You have just as much right to be healed in your body as you do to be forgiven for your sin because Jesus paid for your healing at the same time that He paid for your forgiveness. So here in Matthew chapter 15 verse 21, Jesus went from there and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried to Him, Saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, you son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. He answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him and saying, send her away for she cries after us. This woman is bugging us. Did you get her out of here? And he, he answered and said, I am not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, this was the first reason that this woman could have stopped believing God and could have stopped and not received a miracle for her daughter. But you know what? Faith will not stop. Faith is not looking for a reason why it can't get something. Faith is looking for a reason why it can. And so, um, basically, Jesus said, I'm not sent to you. You know, in John chapter 2, when He worked His first miracle and turned the water into wine at the wedding... Uh, at Cana of Galilee you know he, basically Jesus said woman my he told his mother woman my hour is not, not come and she just looked at the servant and said whatever he said to you do it you know faith just puts a demand on the grace of God and just receives it no matter what and Jesus in this case basically said the same thing It's, you know what this? I'm not called to you and she, then she came and worshipped him and she said Lord help me and he answered and said, it's not right to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Well, if one strike isn't enough, two would surely... You know, I'm telling you, we live in a world where people get over offended over nothing. And basically, Jesus just calls this woman a dog. The Jews considered people uh, who were non-Jews to be dogs. And, and so Jesus basically... Just calls her a dog, says, listen, I'm not sent to you, so on and so forth, and then said it's not right to take what belongs to the children and give it to the dogs. But you, this woman wasn't looking for an argument. She wasn't looking to be right. She wasn't looking to justify her position. She was looking for the truth. She wasn't looking for why it wouldn't work. She, wasn't look, she was just looking for how it could work, and she did not quit. So when Jesus said it's not right to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs, rather than get mad or get upset or leave, or you know what she did? She said, truth, Lord, that's right. You're, you're correct. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Praise God. You know it only took one crumb of God's power to get this demon-possessed daughter healed. Amen. I was just talking to Dr. Shirley after the first service, and he said he was preaching this in Nepal and talking about what's it like if we get the whole loaf. And he had a man come after the service and said, I want two loaves of that, praise God. (laughs) But healing is the children's bread. Basically, what Jesus was saying His healing is the children's bread. Healing is a covenant right of believers. We have a covenant right. We have just as much right to be healed in our body as we do to be forgiven for our sins because Jesus paid for them at the same time. Then Jesus answered and said, O woman, great is your faith. You've got mega faith is what it says in the Greek. And be it unto you even as you will. You know what? Your will has a lot to do with what you receive from God. You know, as Jesse Duplantis said this years ago when, when he was preaching in our church, he said, most of the time in the realm of faith, I made a decision and God backed it. Amen. And you know what? That thing got a hold of me and it's never let me go. In fact, I've, I've made some of the biggest decisions recently as far as ministry and outreach that I've ever made in my life. But I got Jesse in here last year and we sat down and we did two television programs on this statement. Most of the time in the realm of faith, I made a decision and God backed it. And I talked to Jesse about this. And basically what he says is when you're born again and the spirit of God lives on the inside of you, if you make a decision out of your born again, recreated spirit, most of the time that God's in that. Amen? Amen. And so God will back it. Hallelujah. You know, most of the time, if, for instance, if you've got a husband and wife and you're trying to make a major decision. Most of the time, if you have a husband and wife and they're both born again and they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they're trying to make a major decision. Number one, if you have peace about it. And you have peace on the inside. And number two, if you're completely in agreement about it, that is the will of God. Oh, I would say it's over 90% accurate if you're both born again, both baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're trying to make a major decision if you just have a deep inner peace about it, number one. And number two, if you're both in agreement and not trying to coerce the other one to come over and be like you, but just if you just agree on it, more than likely, that's the will of God. Amen? So Jesus said, what's your will? What do you want? It's amazing when you read through the Gospels, Jesus says, according to your faith, be it unto you. Be it unto you as you've believed. Some people are believing for nothing and hitting it every time. Man, you know, I'm believing God today for more than I've ever believed Him for before. Amen. Hallelujah. And I am not going backwards in the realm of faith. Hallelujah. And you know what? I thank God and I have believed God for a lot. I've seen a lot. I haven't won every battle, but praise God, we're winning the war. I've won a lot more than I've lost. Amen. And I I just, I never quit believing God and I am going to keep believing God. So, Jesus said you have great faith be it unto you as you will and her daughter was made whole from that very hour this is amazing because there's only two people that Jesus says they have great faith and it's this woman who's a Syrophoenician woman she came from Tyre and Sidon Sidon, Jezebel was the queen of Sidon no wonder Jesus wasn't too excited about Sidon over there but the other one was this Roman centurion. And in Matthew chapter 8, he came to Jesus and said, Jesus, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. And Jesus basically told him, you know, you have great faith. I've not seen this great of faith in all of Israel. And basically, Jesus said there in Matthew chapter 8, verse 11, there's going to be a lot of outsiders come and be, become insiders because they believe God. Faith will put you in a different place. A great example of faith is in Mark chapter 5 where this woman has an issue of blood and she's had a, she's been bleeding for 12 years. She spent all her money going to the doctor and wasn't any better, but rather grew worse. And basically, you know what? She said, when she heard about Jesus, she said with her, in herself, if I could but touch the hem of his garment, I will be well. One translation in one of the... Uh, gospel says she said, and she kept on saying, if I could just touch him, I'd be well. And when she touched Jesus, Jesus felt the power of God flow out of him. And he looked around and he said, who touched me? And his disciples said, Lord. They said, the multitude is thronging you, and you say, who touched me? Did you know what? The touch of faith is different. Praise God. And Jesus looked around and saw this woman and said, "Be of good cheer. Your faith basically has made you well." Amen. Praise God. But great faith comes when people just, you know, stand up and believe God no matter what. And so, this woman, uh, her daughter was healed. That word "made whole" is the Greek word eomai. Eomai means to cure, to heal, to make whole. It is the same exact Greek word. That is used in 1 Peter 2.24 that says, by his stripes you were healed. There's some religious people that have tried to say 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, is not talking about divine healing. You, they could not be any more wrong. Isaiah 53, 5 ties forgiveness. Of sin, peace of mind, and healing of the body together. In First Peter two twenty four and twenty five, ties forgiveness of sin, healing of the body, and peace of mind together. Amen. Amen. And it's the same exact Greek word, and it means to be healed, to be whole, to be made well. So this woman was made well. Praise God from that very hour. Praise God. And by Jesus' stripes, we are cured. We are healed. We are made whole. Thank God, spirit, soul, and body. Jesus paid for our healing at the same time that He paid for our forgiveness. So when we look at this, we could say that healing is the children's bread. When you begin to look at bread in the Scripture, one of the first places that we see bread mentioned in the Scripture as far as covenant, and we're talking about... We have a covenant, a healing covenant. And when you talk about covenant and bread, in Genesis chapter 14, when Abraham returned from uh, getting Lot back and his family back and all the residents of Sodom, that these wicked kings had taken. Not only did he get that back, that those wicked kings had been running around and raiding a bunch of places. So Abraham not only got the people and the goods from Sodom, but he got it from a number of cities. But when he was coming back, he met two kings. He met the king of Jerusalem, the city of peace, the king of Salem, Melchizedek, and he also met the king of Sodom. But when he met Melchizedek, who's a type of Christ, in uh, Genesis 14, verse 18 and verse 19, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Man, you need to know that you are blessed by the Most High God, the possessor, Of heaven and earth. Just say that I am blessed by the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. But He brought forth bread and wine, and it's a type of covenant. Bread is a type of the covenant. Jesus in John chapter 6, if you want to turn there with me, said, I am the bread of life. And it's Jesus who brings us into a relationship with God, it's Jesus who is the bread of life who brings us and when we come into a relationship with God, we come into covenant with God through Christ. And in John 6:35 Jesus said, "I am the bread of life. He who comes to be will never hunger and he who believes on me shall never thirst. Thank God you don't need anything in addition to Jesus. You don't need anything more than Jesus. Praise God. Jesus takes care of what you need. And when you look at this, if you go on down to verse 48, he says again, I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and they're dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If a man eat of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus is the bread of life. The Jews, therefore, strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, we have no life in you. Verse 54, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus is talking about coming into a personal, intimate relationship with God through through him. He said, my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, I live by the Father. He who eats by me, even he will live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats this bread shall live forever. Praise God. Jesus is the living bread. He is the bread of life. And when you come into relationship with Jesus, you come into a covenant with God. Now, when you study the Scripture and you study bread in the Scripture, bread talks about two things. Number one, it talks about life. But number two, it talks about health. There is life and health, amen, in the covenant of God. There is life and health in your relationship with Jesus. There is life and health in your relationship with the Word of God. Here's one of the first places we see that in the scriptures in Exodus chapter 23, Exodus chapter 23, verse 25 in verse 26 says this in Exodus 23, verse 25 to get over there in verse 26, it says this in verse 25, you shall serve the Lord, your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. There will nothing cast their young or be barren in your land, and the number of your days I will fulfill. Bread is talking about health and life. God said, I'll bless your bread and bless your water, and I'll take sickness from the midst of you. He says, the number of your days I will fulfill. Praise God. So I thank God that we can believe God for life and we can believe God for health. And it's in the covenant of God. This bread is speaking of covenant. Praise God. I love Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to verse 22. It says something like this. My son, attend to my word, give ear to my saying, let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto all those who find them, and health... The word health there in the Hebrew is marpe, medicine, to all your flesh, the Word of God. Just like you go to the doctor and get a prescription, if you take it, it should help you. If you'll take the Word of God, there is life and there is health in the Word of God. And you can receive life and health through believing and speaking the Word of God over your life. And if you have a problem, what you need to do is find a scripture that that is an answer for your problem and then believe that scripture and speak it, keep it before your eyes. This very scripture in Exodus 23, 25, when we moved to Kit Carson, Colorado in 1988, it wasn't very long after that that they put this thing out in the mail with the water and it said you got to get bottled water to drink and we'll give you the bottled water if you got kids that are two years or younger, I think it was, or if you're pregnant. And so we would go to the town office where we'd pay our bill and we'd get water. But when they did that, we went and we put a, this scripture, Exodus 23, 25, right over our kitchen sink, looking right out over our backyard where the water comes out of the faucet. And about six months after we put that scripture over our kitchen sink, they took that notice off the water bill. And I went and asked them, I said, you guys took that notice off. They said, well, the water got better. But we had to leave that notice on there for six months after the water got better before we could take it off. Do you know what? That water got better Amen, when we put that scripture over our kitchen sink that said, I'll bless your bread and bless your water and take sickness from the midst. God healed the water for the whole city because we believed him. Do you know what? God will help people and heal people that are around you if you'll believe him. God sent you to be a blessing wherever you're at. Amen, we used to have a couple that came here and they worked for a certain business in this town and whenever they would, it was a smaller business, but whenever they would come to work, more there would be more business, more people come in, more different things, and if it wasn't busy, they'd pray and believe God and it'd get busy. Do you know what? You should be a blessing wherever you're at and if you'll believe God, but whatever we have dealt with, we have taken the word of God like medicine. We believe it, amen, and we speak it and we see it Happen, Amen. And we do this in whatever area we need, not only in the area of healing, in other areas. When our son Andrew was about eight years old, he had this asthma attack one night, and basically they said he had uh, pneumonia, but they said he had this asthma, and so they wanted us to keep an inhaler with him because they were worried about him, but we put healing scriptures up all around our house. We put one on the refrigerator And we put one on the kitchen, you know, and and another one in the kitchen in a different place. And we put one on the bathroom mirror. And we put one on the bedroom, on his bedroom door. And we probably put Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 on the bathroom door. And 1 Peter 2, 24 on the bedroom door. And Exodus 23, 25 on the refrigerator. Amen. But we put scriptures up. And you know, within one year, he really didn't have a lot more trouble with that. He still had that inhaler. But he went to a race not, you know, too long after that. When he was in 5th or 6th grade, it was in Plainview, Colorado. Plainview, Colorado is 20 miles east of Eads. It's basically a school out in the middle of the wheat field. There is nothing there. And Andrew was running the half mile in this grade school track meet, and he fell over and he couldn't breathe for a while. Barbara could see something was happening. And he won the race and then fell out, you know, and he was all blue, and Barbara went over there, and the kids were saying, where's his inhaler? Where's his inhaler? And she said, I forgot it. And one of the kids looked at Barbara and basically said, what kind of mother are you? And she said, something rose up in me. And she said, I thought, I'm going to show him what kind of mother I am. I am a woman of faith. I am a mother that knows how to believe God. And she laid hands on him and prayed for him, and he started breathing, and he's never had a problem since. And he kept that inhaler through football in 7th grade. At 8th grade, he said, I don't need that anymore. And so through 7th grade, he kept an inhaler when he played sports and things. In 8th grade, he didn't take it anymore. Then he played you know, football and track all through high school. And in his senior year in high school, he was the number five running back in the whole state in 4A football out of about 67 schools that are in 4A football. And him and his brother Peter ran in the four by one at the state track meet when Andrew was a senior and Peter was a sophomore and they won the four by one. That was 41 of the funnest seconds in my whole life. Praise God, watching them run with two other boys. But praise God, amen, he never had a problem, and he is completely healed to this day. And you know what? It didn't happen immediately, but we put the Word of God up, and we spoke the Word, and we believed the Word, and you know what? The Word works. And within a year, God healed him, amen? He still had that one attack, but after that attack, he's never had another one. He is healed today. Amen. And the Word of God works. Amen. You know, when you're attacked by the devil, you don't need to just lay down and play dead. Start believing and speaking the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Financially, if you're under, you know, different things aren't going, just believe God. Speak the Word. Say what God says about your situation. Amen. You know, I started believing this stuff when I was 14 years old, just after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you know what? I haven't won every battle but i've i listen i'm winning the war and i've had a few opportunities to die and i've had a few opportunities to go broke but i just keep passing them up amen Amen. and i'm staying healthy and i'm staying strong and i'm blessed and i intend on getting more blessed and if you don't like it tough i believe that's the way it ought to be you know what? The Word of God is the answer for whatever ails you. Faith in God will work for you. And if you'll believe it, it'll change your life. Some of you are struggling in your marriage. You need to speak the Word of God over your mate. Speak the Don't speak what you see. Speak what you believe. Start acting like the Bible's true. Practice 1 Peter chapter 3. Speak a blessing over your husband. Speak a blessing over your wife. Speak a blessing over your kids. Listen, if you say terrible things, you'll reap terrible things. Your words are like seeds that go into your future and they create a harvest. So speak words of health. Speak words of healing. Speak words of life. Speak words of blessing. Speak words of increase. Speak words of peace. Speak the word of God. It works. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know what? God is no respecter of persons. He's only a respecter of faith. Glory to God, it'll work for you just like it'll work for me or anybody else. The Word of God works. Amen? So give attention to the Word. It's life unto all those that find it, it's health to all of our flesh. The bread is consistent with life and healing. It's, it talks also about covenant. But turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, or 11, excuse me. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, this is where we see the Lord's Supper, and it says in verse 23, Paul's talking, I have received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus in the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup and when he supped he said this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore whosoever shall eat this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. You need to realize when you're taking communion that it represents the body and the blood of Jesus. And he says this, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. What he said, if they take communion wrong and they don't discern the Lord's body, you, you eat and drink damnation or judgment to yourself. Jesus took our judgment and if you take it right, just like it could bring weakness and sickness and death, it'll bring on the other side life, what strength and healing and life. And there's two aspects of discerning the Lord's body. Number one, you need to recognize that this represents Jesus, His shed blood, His broken body that was broken for us. But you need to recognize, number two, the the body of Christ. And we have a common union with the body of Christ. Amen? It is the body and the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen? And one area that you really need to guard in, and this can this can affect you in a lot of different areas, is unforgiveness. And the Bible actually talks about when you go pray, if you have unforgiveness against your brother, you put your gift at the altar and go ask your brother to forgive you. Now, I've had people come and ask me to for, for, you know, to forgive. They said, we were angry, had unforgiveness against you, forgive us. I said, yeah, I didn't even know. So you don't even have to tell me, but amen. You can do that in your heart, whatever. But don't don't hold unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, strife, envy, and bitterness. Do you know what? They will stop up the pipe. They will stop up the flow between you and God. And if you get that stuff in you, you know what? You need to get it out of you. Listen, I think I've forgiven everybody in this planet. There, There may be one I still have a little challenge with. And uh, But you know what? I'm doing my best to walk in forgiveness towards everybody, everywhere, all the time. I am not going to let envy, bitterness, strife, unforgiveness come in and hinder my relationship with God or hinder what I receive from God. Amen? So both of those areas, number one, you need to discern this is Jesus. This represents his his. Broken body in his shed blood, and number two, you need to recognize the body of Christ. Jesus said, when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any. Amen, so just obey Jesus and do what He says. Amen. Hallelujah. So praise God, you know just that the the bread represents life and healing. Amen and the bread represents covenant. Now healing is a covenant promise of believers. Jesus basically said when He told this woman, it's not right in Matthew 15, 26 to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs that healing is the children's bread. Healing is a covenant right of believers. I have a covenant right to be healed in my body. Just like I have a covenant right to be forgiven for my sins. Amen? And I thank God for the covenant rights that we have. The other thing that we see when we look at this, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 28, he said, Woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you as you have believed, according to your will. What do you believe in God? If you're going to receive divine healing, you've got to believe God for it. And if you start believing God, don't think it's funny if you have a battle or two. Because in Hebrews chapter 10 the scripture says immediately after we were enlightened we endured a great fight of afflictions. Jesus said in Mark chapter 4 in the parable of the sower. He said immediately after the word is sown, the enemy comes to steal the word out of our heart. The devil wants to steal the Word before you can, it can really make a difference in your life. But that doesn't mean the Word of God doesn't work just because you experience something different than what it says. I don't go by what I experience. I go by what I believe. And I believe the Scripture. Praise God. So we need to believe God. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus told this woman, great is your faith. The only other person that Jesus said has great faith is in Matthew chapter 8. And this is this uh, Roman centurion. And Jesus basically tells him, because Jesus said, I'll come to your house and heal your servant. And he said, no, I'm not worthy that you'd enter under my roof. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed for I am a man under authority, right? He understood authority. He understood he was under authority. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. In other words, going to do what I say. And he understood Jesus had authority just like in the area of physical sickness and healing, just like he had authority over his soldiers. So he said, speak the word only, and my servant will be well. And Jesus marveled. In verse 10, Matthew 8:10, and said, Verily I say unto you, I haven't found so great a faith, no, not in all of Israel. And then he went on to say, in verse 11, I say many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go thy way as you have believed, so be it done unto you. And his servant was healed the same hour. Actually, in one of the Gospels, it says he went and his other servants came and said, Hey, don't trouble the master anymore. Your servant's well. And he asked when he got well. And he realized it was when Jesus spoke the word that this man was healed in the very same time that Jesus spoke the word. Amen. The Holy Spirit doesn't... Time or distance don't affect the Holy Spirit. And you know what? If you'll start believing and speaking the Word and acting like these people, you'll start receiving like they receive. And they receive miracles not only for themselves, they receive miracles for other people. But healing is a covenant right. You see, the Bible actually says this in Galatians 3 verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. It says in verse 14 that it means so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. So the curse includes sickness. So go with me to Deuteronomy 28. I just want to show you this. When I read Deuteronomy 28, I don't only read the first 14 verses, the blessings but I read the last 54 verses, I read the curses. And the reason that I read the curses is I read the curses to know what I'm redeemed from. I read the blessing so I know the promises that are mine, and I read the curses to know what I'm redeemed from. And in verse 22, Deuteronomy 28, 22, it says, The Lord shall smite you. Now I'm going to stop right there. Because people think God. God is not putting sickness on anybody. You say, well, why does it say the Lord? Because they didn't really know who the devil was. And in the Old Testament, the devil is only mentioned a dozen times. Ten of them are in Job. And you know what? Job's accounting the works of the devil to God. But when you read the context, you find out it wasn't God. It was the devil. And the other, there's one in Isaiah, and it says in Isaiah chapter 14, when we look at him, we'll say, is this the one that caused the nations all this trouble? You are thrust through like a sword. Andrew Womack was preaching about it one time and said God took him and stuck him like a bug to a boar. <laughs> Glory to God. And that's exactly what the Word says. The other one is in Ezekiel 28, when it's talking about Satan's fall. Lucifer's fall and you know, the devil's only mentioned it. They don't talk about the devil in the Old Testament cuz they they just that's why they account everything to God cuz they didn't have authority over the devil like you and I have authority over the devil but everything changed at the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus and the sending of the Holy Spirit and you get into the life of Jesus and man it's the devil here the devil and Jesus took authority over the devil by speaking the word just like you and I ought to take authority over the devil by speaking the word Jesus won every battle against the devil by the power of God and the power of the spoken word. And you ought to win every battle by the power of the word of God, and the amen, and the power of the Holy Ghost, amen? So we got authority over the devil. The devil isn't who he used to be. He is a defeated foe. And when you get into Paul's epistles, he said, God, Jesus spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, and you find out Jesus is Lord of heaven, Lord of the earth, Lord of the grave, and he's living on the inside of you. So we got authority over the works of the devil, and we don't have to just put up with this stuff. Amen. But, so I want to just say right now that sickness is the work of the devil and that's where it comes from. And he says, you'll have consumption and a fever. Fever comes from the devil. All inflammation and extreme burning. And with the sword and blasting and mildew, they'll pursue you till you perish. It's terrible. Verse 27, the Lord will smite you with the botch of Egypt and emrods. What are emrods? Tumors. Other translations say cancer is a tumor. I've got a lot of people healed from cancer by cursing. I curse the tumor. Jesus, when he spit and touched the eyes of the blind man, when he spit and touched the ear of the deaf man, when he spit and touched the tongue of the, of the um, mute man, he, what he was doing was cursing. Sp- they spit on Christ on the cross. It is a curse. He was cursing the sickness. So I cursed. I said, this is not you, but this is this disease. And I cursed that disease, and I commanded it in the name of Jesus to go into remission. Amen. And then I loose the life of God that's in them, the same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, quickens your mortal body. Hallelujah. And I loose the Spirit of God to bring healing and health and life. Amen. Glory to God, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us and quickens our physical mortal body. Glory to God, but we are redeemed from every curse. He says, with the scab and itch whereof you cannot be healed. You know, one translation I was reading, it said eczema. Praise God, that's part of the curse. Skin disease is a curse. I prayed for this woman sitting in the second row and she had a, broke out all over her body and within what, two weeks or a month, she was healed from the top of her head to the sole of her feet. God healed her completely. Amen? Barbara had a liver disease. They said she couldn't get over, but you know what? She never took any prescription medication at all and God completely healed her body. She believed God and used some wisdom. Amen? And figured out what was going on and got herself, Jesus healed her. Amen. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. One person told me years ago, well, Barbara doesn't have anything to be sad about because she don't have any problems. They don't know. They don't live with me for sure. I'm telling you, she's got a lot to believe God for just marrying me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm no easy case. Hallelujah. And listen, we don't baby each other around in our house. I'll tell you, I don't baby her and she don't baby me. She's tough. That woman is tough as nails, Lord of God. Anyway, I don't receive the curse. Amen. Madness, craziness. Oh, I still, thank God I'm delivered. Okay. <laughs> and blindness, verse 28, and astonishment of heart. If you go down in verse 35, it says, You'll be be smitten in the knees and in the legs with a sore botch that cannot be healed from the sole of your foot to the top of your head. Man, some of you are struggling with that disease where your legs swell up and it breaks out if it gets real bad. I can't tell you what it is. the doctor could tell. but you need to believe God. That's included right there in that curse. Jesus redeemed you from the curse. Don't you accept the curse? Don't you accept all these bad reports? Don't accept a a report of poverty. Don't accept a a report of sickness. I just believe God. I only accept the good report. I accept what God said. Lester Sumrall went to Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber that God saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And when he went there, he had a newspaper rolled up under his arm. And Smith Wigglesworth said, "I don't allow anything in my house but the Word of God. You can come in, but that bad news stays outside. You leave that outside." So Lester said, "I didn't want to ruin this perfectly good paper, so I stuck it under the bush and went in." <laughs> He said, I asked him one day how he was doing, and he said, I get up every day, and I dance 10 minutes before, my, before God, and I don't ask myself how I feel. I tell myself how I feel. i tell you what. I get up every day and run two and a half or three miles and lift some weights and go out and swim 25 or 30 minutes, and I don't ask myself how I feel. I tell myself how I feel. Listen, if I went by what I felt, I wouldn't even be up here right now. I'd probably be dead. But I I believe God. I had to believe God this week. Amen. I had to believe God yesterday. Amen. But I believe God. I believe what the Bible says. I believe the promises of God. Hallelujah. You're going to have to get bold if you want to receive the. I'm telling you, the devil will work on you if you'll let him. But you can take authority over it and you can start operating in victory. And you can be healthy and whole and strong and well and blessed just like anybody else. Amen. Here's another one verse 59 The Lord will make your plagues wonderful, plagues of your seed, great plagues, long continuance. Sore sickness and long continuance. He'll bring on you all the disease of, of Egypt, which you were afraid of, the China virus. <laughs> and they'll clean. You know that COVID was nothing but a fear ploy. <laughs> and all these people just. I don't want to talk about it very much, but it's a bunch of nonsense. And the people that operated in the most fear are having the most problems. And the people that operated in the least fear and kept Mm -hmm. going out and doing things and staying around people are having the least problems. So don't let fear control you about anything. Every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of this law, the Lord will bring on you till you be destroyed. Verse 65, among these nations you will find no ease. Neither shall the sole of your foot have rest, but the Lord will give you a trembling heart. Heart failure. Heart failure is a curse. Praise God. It's a curse. I don't receive the curse. I receive the blessing. I prayed for a man at Max Cornell's church. You can ask Max, Pastor Max. And this guy... was on oxygen. He had a heart problem. He couldn't even walk like a half mile. And I prayed for him in the morning. I think Barbara was with me there. And that afternoon he went out and walked four miles. I prayed for a man in Minneapolis that had been on medication for his heart for over 50 years. And God healed him. And I came back there three or four years later and he came and testified. After three or four years, he said you laid hands on me and prayed. I've been on this medication for 50 years. And after I after you prayed, I went and they checked me out and said I could go off of it. So I've been on this, off this medication. Now, this was three years later and I'm totally healed. He'd been on it since he was a young child. God, completely healed. You know Jesus is the healer. Yeah. Hallelujah. His word works. Heart disease is not from God. Failing eyes and sorrow of mind. Some of you just just, you know, you're like Samuel. I'm kind of like Samuel sometimes. Aaron tells me, get over it, Dad. Why are you weeping over Saul? Get up and go anoint one of Jesse's sons. Good riddance. God removed some people. He removed them on purpose. And the church is healthier because of it. He told us before He removed them, He's going to remove them. You know, He pruned the church. He's the shepherd of the sheep. He told me in December of 21, He said, listen, He said, 22 will be of a, a year of separation. He said, you have great miracles, but there will be separation. And then he told Barbara in February of 22, he said, and Barbara spoke to me and she said, Lawson, I want you to know, and this is before it really came to pass, but she said, the church is going to go way down for a little bit, but don't worry about it. It's going to stop and it's going to turn around and it's going to go far beyond where it was before. So don't even worry about it all. You know, God has news before it happens. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, don't worry. So, don't be a sorrow of heart. Get over it. Quit weeping over Saul. Hallelujah. You know, Saul started out humble and he got arrogant and he thought it was all about him. And it wasn't about him. And so, God had to raise up David. And we we read just a week ago or two, but we read in the scripture how the house of Saul, even after Saul was dead... They, they were loyal to him, but they got weaker and weaker, and David got stronger and stronger. It took people a while to figure it out. And sometimes when God gives you a promise, it doesn't happen overnight, but you just keep believing the Word. Amen? But when you look at the curse, the curse includes four things. It includes poverty, sickness, slavery, and death. And Jesus redeemed us from the curse. And basically, he said, you're going to be sick and you're going to be poor until you become slaves and you die. I mean, you read that. It's terrible. But Christ has redeemed us from the curse of poverty and sickness and slavery to sin and spiritual death. And when he comes again, he's going to put the last enemy of physical death under his feet. Praise God. So healing is the children's bread. Healing is a covenant right of believers. And you come into covenant with God through Christ, and if you come on into covenant with God through Christ, if you're born again, if you're a believer, you ought to just go the next step and just believe God for your health and believe God for every promise. All the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen to the glory of God by us. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.KarisChristianCenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.